Okay, and it's good to have you with us. We're looking forward to what you bring. Good morning. Good to see you guys. It's been a while. Been a while. A couple of years, right? A couple of years. What happened to you? Are you okay? I'm going to use you today. It's good to see you, really. Man, you know, I didn't realize how much we missed you guys until we walked in this, this morning. And we've only been here, this is the third time in four years, right? And um, you know it's something special when you walk in through the door and the first two people who you encounter ask you, how is your wife doing? And it's been two years since we've seen you guys, and you still remember what Tina was going through. And those two people said, we're still praying for her. I mean, come on. That's, that's man, that's the body of Christ. That's, that's the church. And that was amazing to me. I, I couldn't believe it. I said, these people take time out of their day to, to still pray for my wife. So answer the question, how is my wife doing? She's doing good. She's doing better. Um, we still don't know what's plaguing her. Um, we don't have any answers really yet. Um, actually, you know what? I don't even really need answers because, you know, he knows the answers. We just need a healing, right? That's all we need. Tina wants some answers, so we're praying for answers. <laughs> um, but she's doing better. She's got symptoms. They come and go now. They're not so, like, you know, they don't just nail her and, st- and stay with her so long. They're coming and going now in different spells. So thank you for all your prayers. And that's amazing to me. God bless you. And I love you for that. I'm praying for my wife when at times that I don't and I forget to. I know there's people out there doing it for me. So thank you. Anywho, um, good to see you. Good to see you. Can we just pray real quick, real quick before I start? Oh, Lord. Abba, Papa, Abba, Father, we just, we come to you right now in complete humbleness, Lord, and we're asking that you would use somebody like me, a guy like me, to help some other brothers and sisters, your sons and daughters. And I pray now you just bless this time right now, because without you, apart from you, I can do nothing. It's only you that can do anything. So we invite you to just go crazy throughout all of us. We're all yours, Father. We love you so much. Amen. Okay. Now, I know this. you're kind of thrown off here. You're wondering why I'm not in costume, in a robe and stuff. Some of you may think I'm in costume. I don't know. <laughs> if you saw my hair down, you probably would think that, but... Hair's growing, I know. And this, I just, we just did this the other day, going for the whole 70s look thing. My mother really is really happy with that. <laughs> Jesus. So uh, let me see how this is. Wow. I feel like a preacher. Do I look like a preacher? No. All right. Anyways, so we're going to do something different today. We're gonna, I'm going to tell you a story. You're going to help me tell the story. Okay? I know it's in the bulletin. You know what we're doing. But we're going to bring it to life together. Um, instead of just me acting up here, we're going to do it together. So I need some help, okay? And when I, if I call on you to help me, just don't give me a hard time. Just help me. We're family. Don't worry about it. We'll make fun of you later. That's all. <laughs> Not now. But before we begin, um, you know what? I, I just started gardening. I really did. 
This lines up perfect with the teaching today. I just started gardening, yes, no, Friday. Spent 14 hours outside getting this garden together, fixing the, getting the soil prepared, getting the rocks out. There's no thorns. Lots of birds around me. But I got some good soil down, and I threw in the seeds, and tomatoes, squash, zucchini, beans, you name it. little garden, but a lot of stuff in there. So hopefully it's a good crop. But I need somebody who's got more experience than me. I need somebody to show me how it's done. I want to know if I'm doing it right. So I need somebody, raise your hand. I'm not going to call on you if you raise your hand, so don't be afraid to raise your hand. Who has gardening experience that could answer a couple questions or show me how it's done? Who's got some good gardening experience? You've gotten suckered into it, sir. Yes, you have. Sir, what is your name? (laughs) Your name's Debbie. Okay. (laughs) Okay, Debbie. Debbie with the deep voice. (laughs) Howard? Is it Howard? Farmer Howard, I need you. Give him a hand. We've got our first volunteer. I need you. Come here. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Man, you're about as tall as Lurch. Wow. i got to do this, man. What's up now? What's up now, huh? You rang. <laughs> you rang. All right, here we go. So we got Howard's, Howard's got some experience in uh, farming. You're going to show me how to plant seeds. So this is your field. Make pretend this is your field. This is the p- Herbicide. <laughs> This is your field. It's already been prepared. I've already ripped up all the soil underneath, put good soil on top. Like I said, there's rocks and there's thorns in there, okay? But I want to see how you plant your seeds, and I want to see if they grow. So anytime you're ready, just start planting those seeds. Anytime you're ready. (laughs) Anytime. Of course, I need a big rototiller. (laughs) No, I already prepared it. Here, here's your seeds. There you go. There you go. Uh, It's your choice. What do you want to grow? Watermelon. Watermelon. Yes. Watermelon Watermelon it is. Okay. Are you ready? Okay. I'm going to start scattering your seed and let's plant some watermelon. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, sure. Sure. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Start planting. Okay. Good. All right. Yeah. Get behind there. Start. Keep scattering. You got to reach the whole field. Scatter, 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 scatter. Scatter. Both hands. Both hands. There you go. Look at that, look at that, folks. There he is, Farmer Howard. Looking good, looking good from here. Let me see, I'm going to look up here. You scattered it quite well, Howard. I like it, I like it, I like it, I like it, but you got a lot. Howard, you got a lot of seed on the path, buddy. A lot of seed on the path. What's going to happen to that seed, bud? You're going to thin them out? I don't think so, Howard, because there's a couple things up there that's waiting to snatch that seed. If you look right above that clock, you see him? What is that? What is that right there? See those birds? See those birds? Now, Howard, you got to protect that seed, buddy. You're going to protect your seed, right? How are you going to protect your seed sitting down? No, no, it's too late. Those birds have already snatched your seed, and they already had lunch, buddy. Gone. They snatched it away. No time to give it any chance to grow. Hey, but that's okay. Because we've got a lot of good soil out here. Forget about the path. All right, let's, let's go over here. Let's start over here. I like it. Looking good, looking good, looking good. Hey, look it. Our first seed has just sprouted. Our first little watermelon. 
Our first watermelon. All right. How are you at sprouting? You're a good sprouter? All right. Good. Okay. So now um, there's, unfortunately, there's a, I'm, I'm noticing a lot of rocks in this area of this soil here. Um, a lot of rocks. There's some rocks in here. Some rocks in here. Okay. Okay. So now where there's rocks, that means there's less what? Less uh, soil, right? Soil shallow, which means you're going to sprout up quickly. Okay. Before anybody else. Are you ready? On the count of three, I want you to sprout quickly. One, two. <laughs> three. Yeah, there you go. Okay, stay, 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 stay. All right. Good. Well done. Well, look at you. You've grown into a nice little watermelon. Actually, no. He has, he's got no fruit yet. I can only see the outside, the stems. But you're very leafy, and you look good. You look strong. You're all excited, right? You, you beat out all the other watermelons. You're ready to take the world by the storm, aren't you? By the horns, aren't you? You're all excited, aren't you? <laughs> show them your smile. Turn around. Show them your smile. Yes. Okay. All right. But let's see what happens when the sun rises this morning. And lo and behold, look at it. You can't tell today because it's cloudy. But the sun has risen, okay? So the sun's beating down on you. What's going to happen to you? Why are you going to wither and die? You don't have a lot of roots, and without roots, you can't get what? Without water, you wither and you... How are you at withering? <laughs> Good. Well done. All right, here we go. Okay. Seed, uh, pathway, gone. Rocky soil, don't worry about it. Let's try over here. All right, how are we doing over here? Looking good, sir. <laughs> you, you made eye contact with me, I'm sorry. <laughs> All right, our second watermelon has just sprouted. Come on, there you go. All right, good, just stay. All right, well done. Okay, so um, you look good, you do. You, look, you know what? You look even stronger than the first one, and you obviously are stronger because you've established, um, what are they called? Roots. That's right. So you made it by the sun, so you're off to a good start. Is, this, is that your wife? Okay. Um, can, you, can you block your ears or your stems for a second? Not you, ma'am. Yes, you. Yes. Nice and tight. Okay. Ma'am, you're a thorn, okay? Okay. <laughs> Okay, okay, you're a thorn. I need you to choke your husband. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Oh, my goodness. You, you're not, you're like that. You get back. There you go. Okay, you're awfully happy to choke your husband. <laughs> wow. Okay, here we go. So and they, uh, now, just like, not yet, like, just like a thorn in, in, in real life, a thorn sneaks up on a plant, right? Slowly from behind, without notice, chokes their, hus their husband. So, ready? One, Two, three, choke, and you wither and you die. Well done. Well done. Howard, it's not going well, buddy. It's not going. What is the thorns? Thorns, the killers, and the rocks. The birds, forget about that. There's got to be some good soil in this, in this, this field, right? Lo and behold, our final crop has just sprouted. 
All right, I'm looking good. I've obviously established roots because I made it by the sun. I've made it by the thorns. I learned how to protect myself. But still doesn't prove anything. There's only one thing that turns a crop into a good crop. You guys all grab hands. All grab hands. Everybody, all grab hands. Grab hands. Put them up. You too. You too. Give me that. It produces more crop. 160 or 30 times what was sown by Howard. He who has ears, let him hear. Give all our volunteers a hand. They did great. They did great. Okay, the parable. Parable of the four soils told by Jesus to a crowd, much like you guys, just regular old folk, young and old folk. I'm sorry. That's right. Regular folks just like you, and um, this is how Jesus chose to, to, uh, to teach his people. Um, it wasn't a, any of a surprise or anything. If you look back in Psalms, Psalm 78, actually, God says, I will open my mouth in parables, and I will utter things, speak things hidden, things hidden of old. So God was saying, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do the style of preaching, teaching you, and there, but there is some hidden mysteries in there. You're going to have to figure out on your own. So the question is, what is the hidden mystery of the parable of the four soils? That's what we're going to try to figure out this morning. Um, He did explain it to his disciples. And this is what he said. It's in Matthew chapter 13. This is what, if you want to look it up. He explained it to his disciples. The people had to figure it out on their own. But this is what he said. He says, when anyone hears the message about the kingdom and does not understand it, The evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. That's the seed sown along the what? The path. Now, the one who hears, the one who uh, received the seed that fell on rocky soil is the man who hears the word, but, uh, oh, and and he he, uh, receives it with joy, receives it instantly with joy. But when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, he quickly falls away. Because he has no what? Roots. The one who received the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop 160 or 30 times what was sown. He who has ears, let him hear. That was uh, Jesus' explanation for that, for that parable. Let's go a little bit deeper than that. Let's talk about this. That first soil, that first soil, the seed along the path. Who's the evil one that comes and snatches away that seed? Satan, right? The birds. The evil one comes, snatches away. When did he snatch away that seed? When? Immediately. Immediately. Why? Why would he do it immediately? Why would he choose that to do it immediately? Giving it no chance to what? To learn to grow. Giving it no chance to grow. Immediately snatches it away. So that's when anybody hears the message, evil one comes and snatches away. Kind of one ear out the other. Do you know anybody like this in your, in your life? You must. I know many people like this. 
Many people in my own family, right? They're an easy target. You kind of hear the message. You can actually see it going one ear and out the other. Devil's just kind of snatching away. You think Jesus is telling this parable for us to, that, to discourage us from planting seeds of the Word of God, seeds about Jesus in people's hearts because the enemy is right there ready to snatch it away? No, he's not trying to discourage us. What he's saying is that that may be an easy target now, but all it takes is just one stir of the heart, right, from God. Just one nudge on their heart. One of those seeds will sprout and we will be fruitful. Our job is just to keep planting those seeds and keep planting those seeds. That's the first path. That's the soil along the path. What about that second soil, the rocky places? He said, this is the man who hears the word and receives it with joy, instantly receives it. He sprouted quickly because he had no roots. You ever, um, you ever purchase something, buy something under, uh, without taking the time to think about it? Yeah? Yeah? My wife's got lots of shoes that she didn't think about buying. She just bought them. And uh, anything. Credit cards, you know. And when you get home, or when time goes by, you realize you didn't really need it. You didn't, actually, you didn't really need it. You just kind of wanted it. And it's not worth all the, all the work and the hassle of keeping it. It's kind of becoming a burden. Well, that's how it is when somebody tries to, uh, tries to buy a Jesus or purchase Jesus. Let me explain. You know, they... they this person received it with joy. This person wanted it, but didn't realize the person needed it, needed Jesus. But when trouble or persecution comes because of the word, understand that's what it says, because of the word, because of who he or she is claiming to be, he quickly falls away. Because being a Christian, um, it's not easy. If it's easy for you, if the devil's not attacking you and throwing troubles and persecutions at you, well, I don't know what that means, but I don't think the dev- then devil's not wasting his time on you, and that may tell you something. But trouble or persecution will come. Like Paul said, Paul said it the best. This is what he said. Listen carefully. He said, you will be persecuted. That's Pretty easy to, uh, to understand. You will be persecuted. Okay. But a Christian, when he gets persecuted, will go through that. The one who isn't will quickly fall away because he doesn't have what? He doesn't have roots. He's not deep enough. I don't think he's got that relationship going. I think he's what he had. He accepted some religion. That's all. What about that third soil, the thorns? Right? This is a man who hears the word, but the, and, and, uh, but the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, choke it, making it unfruitful. It's the third soil. Where Jesus narrows down the, the thorns in, in life to two things. Um, worries of life, not having enough. Deceitfulness of wealth, having too much. Now those are issues at hand for, for the audience that Jesus was talking to back then. There's the rich and there's the poor wasn't really a middle, middle class. And there are issues at hand for us today, but 
There's a lot more, isn't there? What kind of thorns in life can choke out our so-called faith? Can choke out Jesus and, and, and God out of our life? What do you think? What kind of thorns in life? What kind of thorns in life have come at your way, and you, but you made it through? You got it to that good soil. Or maybe there's thorns in your life right now that's keeping you in that, soil, that third soil. Tell me, what kind of thorns am I t- is Jesus talking about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about, how about, how about, yeah? The government, sure. Sure, I never thought of that one, but yeah, sure. First time I heard that answer. What about what my wife and I went through? Sickness. How about that? Are you kidding me? Like that can't choke out our faith, preventing us from becoming in that good soil. There's a lot of things. Pers- you know, uh, friends, family members could be thorns in life. Things in the world that you want. Possessions, all that stuff. They can choke out our faith, choke out Jesus. And the only reason we know it wasn't real to begin with because the Bible says making it unfruitful. Unfruitful Christian is, I don't know, I don't think it's any Christian at all in my opinion. First three soils, path, rocky places, thorns. Those are three different people. Were they saved or were they unsaved people? Big question. What do you think? Unsaved. Was it faith or no faith? Better question, were they the church or did they simply go to church? That's right. They simply went to church. But that fourth soil, that good soil, this is the person who hears the word and understands it. And he produces a crop. What is this crop that Jesus is talking about? About this person. What is it? What do you think? Is it, I mean, we grabbed hands and you saw we produced other crops, other watermelons. So other people. Yeah, that's part of it. I believe the crop is part of it. It's, it's the converts coming to you through your testimony. Other people getting to know Jesus through your life now. That's true. But I think it's something a little more personal first. The crop is the outward evidence of an inward change. The crop is the transformation of you from the inside out. That's fruit. That's developing the fruit of a Christian. And then from that fruit, people will see that, and then comes the converts, the other people, the other, the crops. This is the man who hears the word and understands it. Where does this man understand it? Up here? No. He understands it right here. And I think he understands a few things. One, especially, is that what God's offering here, that God isn't, God's not offering some other religion. God's offering you a relationship. In fact, God is desiring that relationship. Do you understand that? We have a God who desires a relationship, who doesn't need it, 
He wants it. We have the only God ever, well, there's only one, but we have the only God who comes knocking at our door, the door of our hearts, to come in. You think you're knocking on God's heart? No, no. All you did was simply open the door and let him in. What kind of a God is that? Are you kidding me? This guy who made all, all this, this whole thing out down here, knocks on the door of my heart. He's seeking me. He's wanting me. <laughs> that man understood that. I understood that. That's when I got into that good soil. It was when I accepted that. When I fully grasped that. That love that Pastor was talking about. I think this man understands, secondly, that um, God is not promising a life without troubles and persecutions or thorns. He ain't promising that. God's promise is that if you're mine, if you're truly, truly mine, none of that will matter. Because just like he said, Jesus loves me, this I know. Even if the whole world comes crashing around you, the person in that good soil will say, Jesus loves me, this I know. And at the end of the day, the beginning of the day, there's Jesus. And at the end of the day, there's Jesus. They understand that. And importantly, this man understands that it's not enough just to believe in God. It's not enough to just go to church, give your offering, get baptized. It's about faith. It's about faith. You always hear about believing, right? Well, yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, yeah, I do too. And I know a lot of people believe in, in Jesus. The Bible says you believe in one God, you believe in Jesus. Well, good, even the demons believe that. What's he talking about? Yeah, you believe it up here, but not in here. That's when he becomes Lord and Savior. It's about faith. It's about that living faith, unshakable, never-ending faith. This morning, you, we did something different. This is more, I don't know, hands-on. This is, you know we changed our name to the Living Gospel Ministry. We, we announced it. We used to be Act for Him. The reason we did it is uh, because God has really changed the focus. Focus has always been on bringing the gospel to life, but we are restricted because of the name act for him to doing just plays and, and dramas and shows. And over time when people were coming up to me and they were telling me that I was a great actor, I said I gave up acting about seven years ago when I got saved. And I'm I just love Jesus. I'm just trying to, I'm just ministering. That's all. I'm not, I'm not an actor anymore. Or that was a great play. Like, it wasn't a play. We're just trying to bring something to life to just so God can do something in your hearts. So we changed our name to the living gospel because this is the kind of things we want to do. It's kind of encourage the church, people like yourselves who are, pretty solid in their faith, I'm assuming. Some of you, no. Some of you, yes. And we can go into a church and challenge you to ask yourselves a, a, a question like this. 
What type of soil am I? Or better yet, to be more specific, is my faith real? Maybe that's kind of scary to you, like it was to me to wonder when I finally understood the meaning of this, the meaning of this parable. And I asked myself that question. You're not the only one who was scared, and I'm not either. You remember that guy named Paul wrote about three-quarters of the New Testament, used to be Saul, that guy? This is what he said. Examine your faith with fear and trembling. Why would he say that? Because Paul knew it's not, it's, not, it's not easy. Christianity, being saved, is not something you take for granted. Man, it's the highest calling in life. I mean, you are a son and daughter of, the, of God, of the living God. Don't take that for granted. Paul knew that. And Paul remembered things, specific things that Jesus said. Things like, uh, many, many are called, but how many are chosen? <laughs> a few. He remembered, a thing, he remembered the teaching about the, the, the two roads, and one led to life, one led to death, right? That one that led to death, right? How big was that? And how many people enter it? Many. What about that, what about that road that leads to life? It's, you know it. It's narrow. How many people enter that? A few, you guys. We live in a day today, a world today, where just... I don't know, I just think it's hurting. It's hurting the church. It's hurting the body of of Christ. People just simply, you know, they say a prayer and they believe, well, that's it, I'm done. That's it, life, I'm saved. And according to this parable, that's not how it works. It's a process. I believe when you you, you open yourself up to Christ, for Christ says, you know, we got to get you to that good soil. Those first three soils, you better believe that they went, they went to church. They gave their offering. They were baptized. And why do I know that? I'll tell you why. Because Jesus told a story, short and sweet, one of my favorites. This is what he said. He says, many of you will not enter the kingdom. Many of you will not enter the kingdom. He's talking to a people who believed in him. If it was today, it would have been people in the church. Not in the world. It would have been people right here in the church. He says, not many of you will enter the kingdom of heaven. On that day, in the day of judgment, you will say to me, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? We have people who prophesied. Did we not cast out demons? Did we not perform many miracles? What do you mean? And he says this, I will tell them plainly. I never knew you. There it is. Those people were doing everything on the outside perfectly. But there was nothing going on in the inside because they didn't take the time to get to know the one thing that mattered in life. At the end of, the, at the end of life, at the end of the road, when you stand in front of him, you want to hear him say, I knew you. Come on in. Let's go. And I thought of that day. I thought, what if that's me at the end of my life, standing there? And he says to me, I never knew you, Matthew. 
That scared the poop out of me. It did. Because those people thought they knew him, but they didn't. And that's when I realized it's just, it's about him. Only him. And you just keep that focus on him, and then that other things in life will produce. The crop will come, and your faith will be living. Living faith, because faith without deeds, faith without works, is what? Is, yeah, is dead, no faith at all. And no faith at all means no Jesus at all. That's what it is. So I ask you this question to end. What type of soil are you? Is your faith real? Are you practicing Christianity? Bless you. Are you practicing Christianity? Or do you just have churchianity? Are you the church? Are you? Or do you every Sunday morning, do you simply just go to church? I encourage you to answer that question truthfully and honestly. Because there's a humongous banquet waiting for me when I go home. And I want to see you there. And they're definitely going to have chicken and broccoli at that banquet. I know it. I know it. I know it. With feta cheese. Oh, my gosh. No, seriously. Encourage you to ask yourself those questions. I challenge you. And let God do the rest. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening to a guy like me talk about Jesus to you. I appreciate it so much. I appreciate all your prayers. You have an amazing shepherd. Your other shepherd is amazing too. You have another amazing one. What are you guys doing to get these guys, to get these people? He's wonderful. Like that. Within three seconds, I knew the guy's heart. I knew he was wonderful. You're blessed. You're blessed. But just do your work. Get to know Jesus. He'll keep doing his, and he'll keep feeding you. I'm done. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you. Thank you. God bless you.